Hello, everyone. This is Eric and Gina Robinson with Eat Scripture. We are here to talk about Luke a little bit more with you guys. Keep it going. Our conversation has already begun as of a couple of sessions ago. And so last time we were talking about Luke chapter one and kind of made it halfway. We're going to keep going yeah, with that. It's a long today. chapter. It's 80 verses. So yeah, that's a long chapter. kind of divide it up. But. Yeah. Luke is actually the longest gospel word count, uh, even though it's not the longest gospel in chapter count. Uh, and so, so there are some significantly long chapters, and yeah. we're right in the middle of one. And of they're those. deep. There's a lot in there. Yeah, so wonderful things. We don't want to leave things out, right? Any more than we have to. <laughs> yeah, can't mention everything, but we can mention a lot. So we're going to keep going with that in just a few minutes. We do want to say thank you for continuing to listen to the podcast. If you would continue to share it too, that's fantastic. You can share it with friends or share it on social media, however you choose. If you'd like to support our ministry, you can go to eatscripture.com and take a look at our donate page there. See some different ways you can come on board with our ministry. And you can also email us uh, at ericmrob at eatscripture.com or ginagrob at eatscripture.com. We would be really happy to hear from you and would be glad to get back to you just as soon as possible. So anything you'd like there, feel free to just jump in and we will be happy to help with or just be happy to see any comments or anything you choose to make. Now, the real reason we're here, yes. back to Luke chapter one, this is, Luke has already started out in some different ways mm -hmm. than we get from other gospels. Of course, each yes. gospel has its own very unique makeup and the way that it's, the way that it's trying to speak to you, what it's trying to say, always um, very unique and interesting. And, and because of that, when we are reading these, we're not reading four different for just slightly varied accounts of the same no. thing. Part of, you know, when they're telling it in a different way, mm -hmm. like Luke is so different from Matthew mm -hmm. or Mark, it's for a reason. It's also part of the telling of the story. Right. Yeah. How they're telling it. The very telling itself. And yeah. The, way the stories it's they're out. choosing and the mm -hmm. order they're telling it in. Mm -hmm. We'll see right. that more as we go. But yes, we will. And, and here, right now, even in chapter one, we have material in Luke that's not given to us anywhere else. And so, I mean, Luke starts out really, really different because he's giving us birth material and things leading up to birth material that uh, never even that's occur. That's the one we usually use at Christmas. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, that's our Christmas gospel. Um, and so... So when we are reading about this with what happened with Zechariah, when he got word that he and Elizabeth were going to have a baby, when we're reading about it, uh, as we did last time with Mary, getting word from Gabriel also that she was going to have a baby and their two reactions, all of this is Luke material. And so now we get to 39 and following, and we're going to have more Luke material that is not coming right. from anywhere else. We're going to so, get kind of the reactions of Mary and Zechariah. Mm -hmm, yeah. And how they responded. How their experience now continues, yeah. How they're responding to what they've heard. So, yeah, this is going to be um, interesting to watch because we're intent now on the fact that we have had both of these people who've had uh, con not confrontations, certainly, surely not, hopefully not. Visits. Um, but visits <laughs> by Gabriel himself, giving them both very similar words about the miracles they're going to experience from God and the babies they're going to have. And so now how are they each going to incorporate this and how are their families, you know, I mean, going to incorporate this, everything gets interesting from here. 
Now let's start as we begin to read. I think we should probably start in verse 39 and read through 56. And we'll see, watch as Mary starts to figure out what it is that this really means for her and what her reactions are and the actions that she takes now that she's heard about this miracle. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that the, there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he has spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Okay. That so is, we had just finished before we started mm -hmm. all of that. What yeah. you just said with um, the angel talking to Mary, telling her what was going to happen, telling her that her relative Elizabeth in mm -hmm. her old age was going to conceive and have a son. Right. And um, the angel departed. Mm-hmm. She said, let it be to me. Yes, let it be. Right. Yep. And um, accepting of whatever yes. will God had for her. And then the angel departed. And then we start with what you were reading. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so I love that she got up and went immediately with haste mm -hmm. yeah. uh, to Elizabeth and Zechariah's house. Right. To see. I, I think, you know, I think she believed. Sure. But I think she needed to see. Yeah. Not that, to mention be around somebody who also knew kind of what yeah. she was going through. I'm sure she was and, like, what did y'all experience? Yeah, exactly. Had you to know. be. What were these conversations like? Um, and so we know, we know that Elizabeth has been kind of uh, in this secluded state mm -hmm. of sorts for about five months now, which is what we were told back in chapter one, verse 24. So she's been in this pregnant state, growing this baby in her body that she didn't even think would ever come uh, had already resigned herself to the fact that she was going to be a childless old lady, I'm sure. And now she has this child through the miracle of the Lord. Okay. Mary comes into her midst. And whenever Mary greets her, of course, the first thing that happens is there's this reaction in the womb of Elizabeth, right? which is what she winds up talking about. When Elizabeth heard the greeting, it says in verse 41, the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, here we have another one of those Holy Spirit references, which right. Luke has already been 
giving us some of these. Wow. He's um, sharing some important information mm -hmm. here. Things that are going to come. Yes. Of course, Luke is going to be the one who later on writes Acts and tells us about the actual coming of the Holy Spirit on all of God's people. Right. So he's kind of priming us by using the like, Holy Spirit so much already. We know he was going to, Luke has told us that he's filling John mm -hmm. from the womb mm -hmm. with the Holy Spirit. Yep. Now he's filling Elizabeth. Yep. And uh, I think he's prepping us, these people. The Holy Spirit is filling these people now. It's not just a one-time mm -hmm. occurrence, but yeah. A, yeah. a big deal. Oh, yeah. big deal. Yeah. So it's, yeah, preparation kind of, we're kind we're of seeing, seeing it as this whole thing yeah, is starting to take hold, move forward. As Isaiah would say, a new thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Verse, God is doing a new thing. And then verse 42, she exclaims with a loud cry, blessed are you among women and blessed is mm -hmm. the fruit of your womb. So she, she knows Something this has everything different. to do with the fact that, that Mary is carrying the baby that is the coming Messiah. That's, right. I mean, the very next verse. And why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Somehow yeah. she is a, seems aware. Now, we haven't heard her get this news yet. No. So it's, the Holy Spirit seems to maybe have given her information. Yeah, I don't know. Who we don't know. But it's, I mean, by the way, the text reads, you would think that mm -hmm. she's receiving some sort of divine revelation here about this uh, mother, her cousin, who has come to visit her, this young mother who is carrying a child in its womb that is somehow her Lord, her Messiah, right. the one she's been waiting for, and the one her son is going to proclaim. Right. Wow, that's a big deal. I think it's kind of fun because our daughter is about at this stage in her pregnancy her first baby. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. Just thinking about how excited we are to <laughs> yeah. feel the baby move. And she's excited that the baby's, you know, yes. it all seemed so much more real. And I just, mm -hmm. um, you know, hear that in Elizabeth. That's a good point. Yeah. Our daughter's just now starting to get to that point where she's starting to feel like sometimes the baby is leaping in the womb a little bit. <laughs> I mean, like really starting to kick around in there more, really starting to do some movement. And so here, yeah, kind of nearly this same stage as Elizabeth. So Elizabeth is but feels something extremely significant right now. Something very different yeah. whenever um, whenever Mary comes into her presence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the baby in the womb leaps for joy, and we know already, as we were told before, that the baby who's going to be in Elizabeth's womb will be spilled, uh, will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb, as we right. heard in chapter one, verse 15, just a few, a little bit ago. Right. So this is where we're seeing that play out. Sure enough, there's some Holy Spirit activity going on in the womb right. of, of Elizabeth. Um, so really said again, signifying to us just how much God is doing um, in, in this process long before John is even technically standing on the planet. I mean, he hasn't right. even taken his own steps yet, and he's filled with the Holy Spirit and reacting to uh, God's will in Jesus. Right. Um, so that's that's crazy. I mean, that's really amazing. Powerful. And then that last verse, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think that's 
her faith. Yeah. Blessing Elizabeth is blessing Mary because of the obvious faith that yes. she has. Yeah. Yes. Clearly. So beautiful statement there just in that. Yes, she believed. Yeah. She believed. And well, and that's what you had, you had already pointed that out in verse 38. But yeah, she was accepting whatever it was. I'm the servant of the mm -hmm. Lord. Let it be to me. Whatever you want, God. Here I am accepting that from you. Elizabeth is really acknowledging what her obvious faith right. is coming out. Then we get to what's called the song of praise or Mary's song uh, that we hear in verse 46 and following. And the way Mary talks here sounds a lot like what we've heard back in first Samuel, whenever Hannah finds right. out she's pregnant and she sings a song. Uh, right. If you go back there and look at those co first couple of chapters of Samuel, we'll find out about that. So it has definite connections to that because that too was the time. A miraculous. Miraculous birth. <laughs> Conception. Yes. Yep. A change in, definitely a st change in status quo back there too, mm -hmm. from a bad priesthood to what was going to be a good one through that Samuel instituted and things going forward from there. And so there are connections because that's the kind of thing that's happening here. We've got bad leadership, bad priesthood, um, essentially, because mm -hmm. of not saying Zechariah is bad or something, but you understand right. that Overall. as a whole, yes, right. the system is messed up and there needs to be a change. And so that's what we're going to see take place in Jesus. So it does have similar motif mm -hmm. taking place. So no surprise that. This would be, we'd see Mary singing a song here, which reminded us, hey, this is like God was, God was prompting us through the story of what was happening back then in Samuel to be ready for what he was going to do in Jesus. Right. And that's not the only Samuel earmark we have in here. We're going to mention several others, right. actually, as we keep going, just in these first couple of chapters. So. Such a beautiful song. Yeah, it really is. Really is a very neat song that she sings here. Lots of talk of God and his coming and his blessing and his looking on the humble estate of the servant. Verse 48. Yes. She and talks I, and, about humility and mm -hmm. humbleness a lot in hell. Yes. Yeah. Oh, very much so. And, and I think that therein lies maybe part of the biggest emphasis of her song here has everything to do with God showing mercy and raising up those who are humble, raising up those, bringing, humbling those who are of high estate, those who mm -hmm. obviously are prideful and don't right. care, but then raising up the humble, raising up the poor and the needy and the hungry, verse 53, um, and, and giving them a place where they didn't have one before. Right. And, you know, we're studying Isaiah at the same time mm -hmm. as we're doing this in our in another class. And uh, I just can't help but hear Isaiah all through here. Mm -hmm. It's yeah covered in references back to Isaiah. Oh, yeah. So much Isaiah, which Luke really just seems to love. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and we don't have time to list them all, but. Yeah, we don't. But they, it is kind of a constant thing. Mm -hmm. And that's no surprise. Isaiah is the second most quoted Old Testament book in the New Testament. So right. if you're hearing echoes of Isaiah, you're that's, probably right. Yeah, you're probably <laughs> right. 
And, uh, and then Mary remains here with her for about three months, it says in verse 56. That's what's going to happen. So Mary's probably until almost the birth of John the Baptist. To, yeah, almost John's birth. Right. And then she's going to go home. So that's an, they get to spend some real quality time here while they're both right. um, pregnant. I and try to imagine boy. what their conversations were. And hard to imagine. Very hard to imagine. But, it had to be but it's obvious from this song that Mary was a very faithful young woman and... Mm -hmm. Um, that she understood at least her her role in yeah. this, and yeah, what that she was being honored mm. to be used in this way. Yes, right. Had a lot of faith. Agreed. Um, okay, so now let's move on to verses fifty-seven through the end of the chapter, because I think by reading these, we're really going to find out. A little bit more now on the other side of what's happening with Zechariah now that he knows and Zechariah and that whole family and uh, with this birth of John and then how this is going to go for them. So beginning in verse 57. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth and she bore a son and her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and they would have called him Zechariah after his father. But his mother answered, no, he shall be called John. And they said to her, none of your relatives is called by that name. And they made signs to his father inquiring what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. And they all wondered. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed and he spoke, blessing God. And fear came on all their neighbors. And all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, what then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. Man. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, this is, I think, a wonderful little piece here. And the interesting, one of the interesting things is this is, you can see, even as we're reading here, you've got a song on one on the front side of this piece about Zechariah getting his voice back, and then you've got a song on the other side of it. Mm -hmm. This is really the middle point of this birth narrative that Luke is writing. This is his center point right here. Mm -hmm. And we know that center points for Jews were often the points that they were writing 
for the reader to really catch. Right. And here there, he's giving you a pretty clear indication of where it is. By putting these songs on either side, he's forcing even right. your eye and your mind to go, oh, wait, there it is right there because he's bracketed it. Like he wants us to, this, this naming process and then what happens to Zechariah in the naming process right. seems to be extremely significant. So right so here. So let's talk now, about that. His, um, I mean, I, I think first of all that it's really, and this isn't necessarily, it's leading up to what you're about to say, hmm. but um, that Elizabeth's neighbors and relatives heard what the that the Lord had shown great mercy to mm -hmm. her, yeah, and they rejoiced with her. And yeah. I think that's such a beautiful picture. And she has been kind of shamed because mm -hmm. she wasn't ever able to have children. Right. And, and maybe not overtly shamed, but there was just yeah. this, you carried with you she through your life, it, yeah. uh, a type of, I guess God doesn't see. Well, and it says reproach, or, you know, he's taken away yes. my reproach among people over yeah. in the first part of the chapter. So right. I feel like she just felt not worthy somehow. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that people are rejoicing, everyone's rejoicing with her, mm -hmm. yeah. that they see God has shown mercy on her to mm -hmm. have a child in her old age. And, yes. And I love yes. that. And then, of course, that he was circumcised at, on the right day. Right. They, they were following. Very, very of course attentive they were. to Jewish priest, practice. But... Yes, he's a priest. They're going to do that. But we're going to find, of course, that Mary and Joseph are doing the same thing. I mean, right. they're very observant Jews. Exactly. And there is nothing. Uh, that we have that indicates that Jesus was otherwise either. Jesus was right. a very observant. And Jew. I think uh, it's interesting to me as I was going through Luke just recently to see how Jewish, how he points out all of those things, mm -hmm. that yeah. these were very observant, righteous Jew, Jews that God mm -hmm. was working through. Yes. They weren't rebels. Right. And not even and rebels. Luke. It's not the book of uh, the gospel, I would think, mm -hmm. would be doing that. It would be right. Matthew because his is a, so Jewish in nature. Yes. Yep. But there's a lot of that in Luke, so a lot more than we realize. Right. These little details like that. So that's a great point to make. I'm going to say this, too, because I heard it the other day. Um, somebody said, if if you're following Jesus, you're not going to follow him out the doors of the church. Right. I mean, look at this he wants system. To work within this, right? This system screwed up. the right. The Jewish system at the time was screwed up, and and he knew it. And there were leaders in that system, leaders in synagogues and so forth, that shouldn't have been in leadership positions. But he never quit going to the every record that we have. He's in synagogues on Sabbath. Yes. I mean, that's where he's spending his time. Yes. He wants to be with people. He's an observant Jew. He has and and loves the law and doesn't want any of it to go to waste. I mean, he's all about every jot and tittle and making sure that they're all fulfilled. I mean, he is, he is a very observant Jew. And so, so to think that people, people today want to say, well, I don't like the church. I don't go to church, but I really want to follow G I'm just a follower of Jesus. Right. Well, you're not going to follow him outside the church. That's not where he goes. I mean, uh, you understand what I he mean. Does go, Jesus yes. is everywhere. Jesus is everywhere with us all but the he's time, working with but he's going to work in a flawed system his people because that he yeah. has instituted. And yes. And that's what yeah. he wants to do. So I think, I think that's a good point to make. Um, whenever we are here, like you're saying now, let's go into this with little the naming, text. Yes. Yeah, this naming text. And we have, so we have the neighbors and the relatives are here. 
and they've come the child has been circumcised now they're going to name him what will he be named zechariah uh his the mother answered he'll be named john because the people are thinking zechariah right because named him after his father she says he'll be named john in verse 60 the people immediately kind of push back against this no none of the relatives that you ever named john that seems weird and so they start making signs to the father. This is the first indication that we have in verse 61 that maybe this is more than just muteness. Maybe it's deafness, too, right. because Zechariah has to have signs made to him. They right. can't just speak to him. And so maybe deaf and mute, which this word does incorporate both those things. Right. And so it could easily be that he's both deaf and mute. And so they make signs to him and ask him. And sure enough, he asks for a tablet and writes out his name is John. Because I this just is have what to wonder gotten. what kind of tablets there were then, but yeah. that's beyond, beside the point. I'm like, was it a yeah. big chief tablet? What, what are we talking about? <laughs> and so if we go back to chapter 1, verse 13, we see that that's exactly what Gabriel had told them the name of the child would be. And John means, literally, Yahweh is gracious. Yahweh yes. is gracious. And so that's what we're going to name him. We're going to name him John. This is the word he got from the angel. As soon as he does that, immediately... It says in verse 64, his mouth is opened, his tongue is loosed, and he spoke, blessing God. Fear came on all their neighbors, and those things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, what then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was on him. So everybody's amazed at this whole process. Yes, which seems a little odd that they were that surprised. Yeah. It just seems interesting to me yeah it really does um and so whenever i look at this i can't help but think this whole thing is based on this uh, idea of being mute and then becoming getting to speak again i mean everything kind of revolves around that in this text revolves around zechariah the naming of john god is gracious and we've seen zechariah having been mute until now and now he's given his voice back well interesting what what luke does with this um as we walk through his text there's a couple of things i think to point out and that is that in chapter 11 14 and following is where we have a a mute demon cast out of a man and that leads to a controversy about jesus whether or not the spirit at work in jesus is actually god's spirit or whether it's from beelzebul that and it's brought on by his casting out a mute demon. And so this this leads to controversy. This leads to antagonism between mm-hmm. two different groups of people. Another thing Luke does is the only one who tells the story about the raising of the widow's son as he's in a procession going to be buried. It happens in Luke 7, verse 15, where Jesus, he the, the young man comes to life again. And it says, started speaking. Yeah. Of all the things that it Luke could have given us. Said. He yeah. just started speaking. Just that right. he spoke. Right. Of all the things that Luke didn't even have to say that for us to know he's alive again. Mm-hmm. But Luke wanted us to know life to the dead. And that resulted in him speaking his speech. Yeah. And so that in itself says something too about the emphasis Luke, I think, is trying to make with this idea of becoming of, of getting your speech back, of being able to speak. So you can't help but wonder what the theological significance is for Luke 
about this idea of speaking because we have a priest who at first was unsure if this could even take place or not, Zechariah, how could this happen? How could this happen? And, and seems to be kind of a negative tone because then he's struck by Gabriel with muteness. Oh yeah, you're not going to speak until after your baby's born, right. until this comes to be. Right. So here, sure enough, baby's born. He's asked about it. He says the boy's name is John, showing that he has fully accepted what God is doing right. through this process and whatever it is, he's on board. God's right. grace in this is primary. It's so, like Mary saying, let it be to let me. It be to me. And as that soon as he gets me. on board that way, as soon as this priest gets on board that way, he gets his voice back. Right. And so you can't help but wonder, oh, this is showing what it means. The priesthood has a choice too. Yes. The priesthood of God is either going to become mute by not accepting God's grace in this work that he's doing right here, or they're going to get to keep their voice if they will accept the grace and the work mm. that God is doing and go forward, tradition or not. Hey, there's nobody in your family who's been named that before. We don't think that would be right. But no, I'm accepting what God, this is what God said. This right. is how he wants to work right now. We are going Even though forward. I don't, it doesn't seem like, yeah, it's not what I anticipated, right. but I believe. Yes. I'm going to go with. Yeah, what he's saying. Yeah. So will, will the dead raise up and speak or will they not? You know, that's kind of right. what we're seeing here. Very, very interesting to me. And I do think that's how this is. Because, we're, like we said, this is the center of our literary structure. So it gets a lot of, we're giving right. a lot of attention that way. Right. Well. So they've, they've uh, here they've, the people are now just wondering what this child will be because mm -hmm. they've seen this miracle. Mm -hmm. And... Um, then Zechariah has his song, mm -hmm. yep. which we were just discussing, and it's filled with wonderful, <laughs> beautiful things too, and a lot of Isaiah in it as well. Yes. Um, it's so hard not to go deeper into these songs mm -hmm. because they're gorgeous. Um, but we were just discussing how it seems like Mary's is more, um, about showing grace to the mercy, yes. oh, grace to the Humble downtrodden. The, yeah. Right. And Zechariah is a little bit more about this victorious king. Yes. The overcoming of enemies. Right. Because even in that, he's going to raise up a horn of salvation. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's a, from that, the house of David. Right. Just talking about even that, but putting down the enemies and yes, all of that. I think you're right. Yep. That horn of salvation. That's power. That's, horn yes, is that power. Is and that's yeah. what we're talking about. Yes. This powerful key. And in verse 71, he actually says, saved from our enemies, which he brings up again in 74, being delivered from the hand of our enemies. Yes. In verse 71 again, and from the hand of all who hate us. These are things that weren't said in Mary's song. Right. She wasn't um, emphasizing that part. Right. And maybe that's because she's a young woman. Right. Maybe. Who, who but hasn't she has been, a different picture of, she already has a different picture of who Jesus is going to be maybe then. Yeah. Uh, Zechariah, who has heard been, the prophets all of his life, mm -hmm. and yes. he's and thinking, thinking about, of a more conquering king. Yes, a more nationalistic ideal right. than Mary is. Mary, from her humble estate, she just sees God raising up those in need as more, you know, more the emphasis. Right. I have to point out verse 78 because it's, I just love it. Mm -hmm. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby... The sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death mm -hmm. to guide our feet into the way of peace. Yeah. 
yeah. definitely from you know, like Isaiah nine, mm -hmm. the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Yeah. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness yeah. on them has light shone. Oh, I think yeah. that's what Zechariah is seeing. This is the day. Mm. Right. This is it. That's yeah. what we've been waiting for. And totally he is agree. well versed in the scriptures. Oh yeah. Probably yeah. much more than, <laughs> than Mary. Mary been at this she point, was a yeah. young girl. For sure. Uh, right. So, He's just, you know, really bringing up all, all those echoes that he's been hearing for so mm -hmm. long. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then, of Did, course, he grew up uh, and became strong in spirit, which mm -hmm. we hear that about. We're going to hear it about Jesus in chapter two, verse 40 in just a little bit. Right. But we've heard it already back in the old scripture, in, in our Old Testament scriptures in first Samuel chapter two, verse 21, verse 26. Right. So. Again, another First Samuel reference. Right. Like I'm trying Just to, I'm supposed to see. Oh, up. yeah, this is this is important for me to connect it to that mm -hmm. because I do think that the regime change, if you will, the bad priesthood turning to a good priesthood there in First Samuel, the first few chapters. That's so much of what I actually see beginning to happen here in so right. many ways. Oh, wait, there's a transfer of power from what what is corrupt to what is godly taking right. place. And then he was in the wilderness until yep. the day of his public appearance, which is interesting because yep. he's just a baby. So I know. I so exactly how did this work? Yeah. But I think uh, that's but, probably yeah. a, an exaggerated statement, but that John is, does spend extreme amounts of time, even during his growing up years, being out with God, listening to God, being prepared for what he has to do. Yeah. I definitely think so. so well, we get to talk about the birth of Jesus. That's next right. Time, so. Birth of Jesus next time. Starting chapter two, verse one. Boy, I'm so glad you joined us again. Thanks for listening to us for a few extra minutes. Here. Yeah, thank you. I'm really glad to have y'all. And we hope you have a great week. And we look forward to talking to you very soon. God bless.